There's another Chinese spy balloon making its way towards the mainland. It just passed over Hawaii yesterday. And don't worry, our government's watching it. That's not what I care about. I care about all those stories that we're not hearing about. And all of a sudden, a Chinese spy balloon just shows up. Let's talk about Janet Yellen saying that come June 1st, we don't have enough dollars to pay off all of our bills. Let's talk about the fact that I just covered Noam Chomsky meeting with Epstein or our CIA director meeting with Epstein saying, I didn't know who he was, right? Anytime there's really big headlines, rest assured, the government will find a nice distraction for everything. Don't worry about the balloon. I'll tell you what to pay attention to coming right up. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your most awesome dude host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. So glad that you joined me once again, because... Frankly, we have some major headlines that have been popping up, but they're not being covered nearly as well as they should be. And well, that's where I come in. We need the we need to have these conversations and make sure that America is informed about what is going on right now. Well, let's start off with first JP Morgan, as I predicted, as I predicted on yesterday's show before it became finalized. Well, they have purchased the First Republic Bank. They've come to the rescue once again. So the 14th or 16th largest bank, I can't even count, you know, which one it is at this point in time. A very large bank was purchased by one of the largest banks. And I believe that at this point in time, we are now on our third major United States bank to fail. We also have Credit Suisse across the seas. But why does this matter? Well, (laughs) the Democrats apparently are really upset that regulators are bailing out yet another failed bank. All right, Democrats, I have some questions for you as I tackled this story right now. While everybody else is going to freak out about a balloon that's traversing its way, la 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 la, over the Pacific Ocean towards North America, I want to talk about the stories that really matter to Democrats, right? Okay, Democrats, answer some questions for me right here. So you state, all right, many people stated, I believe, uh, on the uh, committee chairman, Sherrod Brown was one of them in the Senate. He said that um, First Republic Bank's risky behavior, unique business model, and management failures led to significant problems. And it's clear we need stronger guardrails in place. We must make large banks more resilient against failure so that we protect financial stability and ensure competition in the long run. All right. I would say that if a bank had risky behavior or a unique business model, then consumers should be informed of those type of practices. But Democrats are really good at taking a situation, and Republicans do this too. They both weaponize it for their own purposes. But I, I really find this fraudulent on the Democrats rushing to the story right now. 
Because the fact of the matter is, First Republic didn't have risky behavior. First Republic is doing the exact same thing all the other banks are doing that are not one of the top six banks. They're trying to compete for business. And they did that extremely well, which is why they were one of the largest banks in the world. And so First Republic did not have a unique business model. They had a competitive business model. What ended up happening, Democrats, was that the treasury yield is weakened by rising interest rates, which your policies are helping the push. When we talk about Build Back Better, talk about the Green New Deal, we talk about Biden's big bill that he was so excited to get passed for green new energy that's going to cost hundreds of billions of dollars, or the Democrats going with Joe Biden to just toss hundreds of billions of dollars to the Ukraine, our taxpayer money. But yet you want to say that the problem for this financial crisis was in the bank itself. You don't want to look at the fact that Donald Trump and Joe Biden both put out over almost $5 trillion just in COVID relief money, and we printed that money out of thin air. But no, let's blame First Republic's risky behavior and unique business model. Because why? Because government people, whether they're Republican or Democrat, they love to try to solve problems with government. And that's why I'm ashamed of the Republican Party right now, too. I'm ashamed of the Republican Party for the fact that at this point in time, they no longer believe in limiting government. They believe the government has the answers as well. I don't believe that that's true. I think that we're going to see that that's not true very soon with the way this whole financial thing starts to play out. Now, they said the cleaning up First Republic's collapse will cost the FDIC roughly $13 billion from the deposit insurance fund. And Democrats are apparently really upset about this. But yet they had no problem sending billions of dollars over to the Ukraine for a war that is not anything that's de declared by our Congress. No one ever asks taxpayers, are you happy with where this money is going? Because I'm pretty sure when people are going to restaurants right now, when they're going out to eat and they're realizing that for a family of four, that their bill can quickly add up to close to $100, that their money is not going nearly as far, but the government is happy, happy to continue to spend those dollar bills and send them all over the other place. But no, that's right. We just, I guess we need regulations of the banks. It's not the fact that our government is busy policing the world and solving all of the world's problems instead of the homeless that actually exist here in the United States. It's not the fact that our government is so concerned right now with what's going on in Taiwan and not concerned whatsoever, it seems like, with what's happening with our military veterans when they return home and what type of living conditions that they have. No, it's not that whatsoever. It's not because, hey, BRICS is just weakening the dollar left and right. And uh, no one seems to be talking about, you know, what's going on in our cities with the poor or the fact that we have a social class here system that's almost like a third world country in of itself. Everybody wants to talk about how great some stuff is over in Europe, but no one wants to talk as when it comes to the Democrats right now about how this healthcare system that Obama put in, Obamacare, is completely broken and has starting to ruin our entire medical industry in of itself. Like beyond just COVID, the fact that we are in the spot that we are, we, we need somebody to come in and fix the healthcare system in the United States. But no, let's blame. Let's blame the bank failures, not on government ignorance or the people that we've elected, but on the banks not having proper oversight. Bull crap. That's not true. They're saying that these are poorly supervised banks. 
that are now being snapped up by even bigger banks. Bull crap once again. This is exactly the way the Federal Reserve wants this thing to completely shake out. This is the way that they get their digital currency in. And let me tell you guys, I, I, I don't take a hard enough stance against this. I talk about all the time. But once digital currency is the law of the land, there is no more freedom in the way that you have freedom right now. I can't state that enough. I, I don't know what you can do to overtake it other than what I've said before, build community. Build community with the people around you because you're going to need one another as these go. But now they're saying that bank failures are inevitable in a dynamic and innovative financial system. So they don't believe that we're out of the woods yet. That is what seems to be the talking points. Enter Joe Biden yesterday. See, Joe Biden took the stage, which <laughs> he never actually takes the stage anymore. Uh, but he, he wanted to let everybody know after J.P. Morgan uh, bought the <laughs> first Republic Bank, he said, let me be very clear. All depositors are being protected. This was from the Rose Garden, by the way. He didn't do like an official uh, press conference where he could have taken tons of questions. And he continued on. Shareholders are losing their investments. And critically, taxpayers are the ones that are on the hook. Where's my ice cream? The president said that he would uh, also want to protect small businesses, uh, including people that were uh, depositors at First Republic. <laughs> Where's this money coming from, Joe? Do you got a money tree? Or, or is this your friends in China? They're going to send the money back through Hunter Biden's uh, you know, illegal paintings in order to make sure that we get paid. I, I, it must be nice to sit at the top and not have to worry about what's going through the sewers down here for all, all of our common folk, you know, what, what's going to happen for everybody else while, while you're busy getting ready to send sons and daughters off the war, the fight in Taiwan and North Korea. It must be really nice to sit in the White House or in your Rehoboth Beach uh, home or somewhere in uh, Greenville, Delaware, having a nice little cup of coffee or whatever it is that you need. Maybe you're getting your Geritol ready must be really nice to not have to worry about what the rest of the country has to worry about. And that's how they're going to pay their bills, how they're going to pay their bills when the government themselves does not seem like they care whatsoever in paying their bills. And how do I know that? Well, Janet Yellen is now saying that the debt ceiling will hit on June 1st and the United States is going to run out of money and will not have enough dollars to pay its bills. <gasps> $31 trillion in debt, and we're not going to have enough to pay our bills? We're not going to have any more borrowing authority? Say less, Janet Yellen. Say less. You know, I, I remember just 10 years ago, people were begging the Obama administration after the Bush administration to rein in and to start making difficult cuts. But no one seemed to do that. Didn't happen under Obama. Nope. He just decided to kill everybody with a drone that he didn't like. And then it continued under Donald Trump. He didn't rein in spending whatsoever. Coronavirus made it even worse. And now under Joe Biden, he's just like, oh, hey, my buddy over here, uh, I'll gladly pay you for a cheeseburger today for one on Wednesday. Uh, so he's just paying, you know, Zelensky, his little buddy. He's like, I'm paying you for that cheeseburger, Zelensky, so that way I can get a better meal over in China tomorrow. We know what's going on. We know the misdirection. My listeners are smart enough. We're paying attention to these news stories every single day. But when I hear that there's a balloon that's making its way over from China once again, 
And there are stories as big as this one, the debt limit, which (laughs) I know which way I want this to go. And it's not the way that anybody should want it to go. Quite honestly, I want us to default. I want us to eventually have the day of pain. It's not because I hate our country that I want this to happen. It's because I love this country. And I know if we continue to kick this can down the road for another day, eventually it's going to be my children and my, my children's children that are going to be suffering in a way they've never suffered before. I'd rather get through that suffering now and figure it all out and reset things and get ourselves to a good spot. So you got Janet Yellen now saying that Congress has to vote to raise or suspend the debt limit and needs to do this without any conditions. And don't wait until the last minute. Don't be waiting until the end of May to do this because it's a huge responsibility. Screw you, Janet Yellen. Really, screw you. Like, no. How about this, Janet? Why don't you go to pal and say, hey, pal, while you're busy doing podcasts with a fake Zelensky talking about how these rates are going to stay the same way. Why don't you guys look in the mirror and say, hey, you know what? I don't know that we're actually fixing anything. You are the problem. That is it. You are the problem. The Federal Reserve, right? Janet Yellen, you combined are the issue with the United States right now. You can try to distract with all the headlines you want. I'm sure people are running these stories out to the AP and Reuters being like, this balloon's coming, everybody. We got to track this mysterious balloon. Don't worry. It's no threat to any type of traffic. It's out over the Pacific Ocean, like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of miles. But it did go over Hawaii. But don't worry. It didn't go over sensitive areas of Hawaii. It just took some photos of some nice ladies on the beach that happened to be topless. We're sure the Chinese were really into that. What? Come on. Like, no, that, I'm being facetious. I'm being sarcastic. That, that was not actually the headlines whatsoever. I'm just simply stating that when they tell me that this thing didn't go over any sensitive areas, my first thought process is normally it absolutely went over sensitive areas. But that's not even here nor there. What's even bigger to me with all this thing is the fact I'm telling you last week, I know for a fact we're deploying the South Korea. I know for the fact we're bringing weapons defense systems online. I know for a fact we're taking over our nuclear submarines for the first time in 40 years to that area, getting ready for a war possibly with Taiwan. I know for a fact that there's conversations with our allies, what to do should China finally strike in Taiwan, what to do should North Korea appear the go rogue to distract us what to do should russia be a part of all of this type of stuff i already know those conversations are happening and i know that these balloons that are flying overhead i know that that story isn't exactly what it's cracked up to be I'm going to take a break here. I'll be back in just a few moments, everyone. Make sure you're going to americaoutloud.com, checking out all of our sponsors, helping to keep the lights on here at the show. I appreciate you all, and I'll be right back in just a few moments. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health, and cultural stories. Seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. 
World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Your host, Greg Bolden here, getting into the second half of the show. Just want to remind everybody, you can go to my website, www.americaemboldened.com. If you'd like to support what I do each day, day in and day out, you can send a donation or offer a prayer on my Give, Send, Go, or just simply buy me a cup of coffee. If you want to rock the show while you're out in society, I have t-shirts, I got a bunch of merch. You can even get that coffee cup for when I tell you, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You can put whatever it is that you're into in there. You need to put a little, uh, little something, something on the side of that coffee, a little Irish coffee, maybe go right ahead. Uh, but you can purchase that through my website and that goes directly to me to help support my efforts. Tomorrow's show that will be coming up will be with Diane Sayre, who is running for uh, state uh, Senate up in the state of New York. Uh, so I'll have Diane on and bringing lots of great information to you. She's a fascinating individual. I'm looking forward to my interview with her because we agree on some things and we're vehemently probably opposed on some things as well. And so I, I, I want to try to find where our common ground is. And I'm also, as a Democrat, I'm kind of shocked at some of her views, certainly not mainstream Democrat views. And so I want to see how she reconciles that. Uh, running on the Democrat ticket. So you're going to want to tune in for that. It's going to be a fun show. All right. So we were talking about Janet Yellen saying that basically uh, this whole concept of being too big to fail uh, was going to backfire on us. That's what Democrats are upset about because come June 1st, we don't have the dollars to fund things. Let me remind you of where the whole uh, too big the fail conversation came from Democrats, since you seem to be very concerned about this uh, and wanting to complain about it uh, yesterday. The whole too big to fail, and this is really uh, going to Senator Elizabeth Warren, because uh, she's the one that said that uh, the failure of First Republic Bank shows how deregulation has made the too big the fail problem even worse. All right. Do you remember the Dodd-Frank Act? The Dodd-Frank Act was supposed to basically clean up everything after 2008, uh, make sure that they regulated the financial industry in a much better way, uh, ridden by Chris Dodd and Barney Frank. Do you remember that? <laughs> 
Well, it doesn't seem like it's doing a great job at this point in time. And I also want to remind everybody that when I interviewed Diane Sarah, she's got some interesting views on Barney Frank, and I have a feeling we're going to bring that back up uh, during that interview. So I'm not going to go straight into all my thoughts there. But Too Big to Fail and the Dodd-Frank Act, this was all signed into law by the savior of the Democrat Party. No, not Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden's puppeteer. That's right. Barack Obama. Obama was the one that saw us through the final phases of 2008 into 2010, signing this act, which apparently we deemed that some companies were too big to fail. And who are those companies? Uh, How about companies like American International Group, AIG? They were a insurance company that was collapsing because they made many risky mortgage investments. And as you probably remember back in 2008, they were basically lending money to anybody that had a dollar bill on them. They're like, you have a dollar bill taped to you. That's great. Here's $500,000 for your troubles. Uh, We don't care if you can pay it back. Go buy a home. Uh, Bank of America was, uh, oh, so AIG got uh, $182 billion as part of the too big to fail financial assistance. Bank of America, they received $45 billion because they acquired at that time Merrill Lynch and they had also risky mortgage investments. All this was really uh, tied to the real estate uh, sector until we get to the car manufacturers, which made no sense, but we'll get to that. Citigroup, they got $45 billion because they also had risky mortgage investments, which I think some of them, they created themselves. And then we get to the auto manufacturers. Now, I guess maybe I should be nice to the auto manufacturers considering I totaled my car a couple weeks ago or about a week and a half ago and I need to buy a new car. And by the way, if anybody has a, uh, uh, a grandmother that has recently passed away that had a car sitting in the garage that has low miles, I'm interested. <laughs> Send me an email. Um, Now, in in all seriousness, I'm looking right now at vehicles and they are really expensive and the interest rates are extremely high. And uh, yeah, so I'm just going to bend over and take it. Anyway, too big to fail. General Motors, GM, that is the largest United States uh, automaker. They got $50 billion from a package from the government back in 2009. And they were on the verge of bankruptcy because people were not buying their cars. They weren't buying their vehicles. Now, I will say, I, I drove a GMC. I rented one about a month and a half ago. I was going to a nephew's volleyball game. I really enjoyed the hell out of that vehicle. That was an awesome, cool uh, vehicle, like a, a tank driving that thing. Uh, guess was horrible. But uh, hey, it was a it was a pleasure to drive. So I, I'm not going to uh, talk any crap on General Motors. Chrysler, however, is another U.S. automaker. They got $12.5 billion from the government in 2009. They also were declining in sales and high labor cost. I don't think Chrysler has made a good vehicle in decades. I mean, they, they released the 300, right? That was supposed to be like the Chrysler Concord. It went to the 300, which was supposed to be their like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Their European style car, 300 meters. Uh, then they had a lot of other failed vehicles or even Dodge uh, Chrysler. I still don't think Chrysler makes a quality product. And I will stand by that. I'm sorry if any of you work for Chrysler. Uh, they are a company that I do not believe was too big to fail. It was a company that likely should have failed because they still haven't figured out all their problems years later. I mean, we are far removed from 2009 when they accepted that money. 
So I, I point that out because we're tossing money around to everybody. Well, guess who got money after this deal with First Republic Bank? JP Morgan is going to get $50 billion in fixed rate financing to help them purchase First Republic's assets. So not only will JP Morgan Chase uh, put out a little bit of their money, but they will also get help in that money uh, in order to uh, assist with the FDIC. That's what was told to The Hill, according to one of the articles I read from there as I was researching this show. You know what? Can I get one of those advantageous fixed rate financing uh, when I go to purchase my new vehicle coming up here? Can I get one of those low interest rates that's going to be guaranteed the JP Morgan Chase sent my way since I need a vehicle? Can people that are purchasing a home that are now getting charged more to Joe Biden as of yesterday, May 1st, uh, not have to pay that fee for those that have worse credit? Uh, can, can that happen? Why is it the banks? Why is it the too big to fail always gets the bailout and the people on the other side get told, drop your pants, turn around, bend over and take it. I'm tired of this. You think that Republicans and Democrats care about you? They don't give a crap about you. If they did, they would be fighting for your rights to be able to have financial freedom, which when we talk about financial freedom, there's no such thing as financial freedom anymore. One of the things when I was researching these stories months ago, I discovered that according to the Federal Reserve, banks only have to hold on to 10% of your money. That means for every $100 that you deposit in a bank, they only need to hold $10 of your money. If you want to go in and get $25,000 out, well, guess what? If the bank doesn't have that at that branch, you can't go get it. You don't have access to your money. They have to move things around. Now, additionally, banks often will put the reserves in forms of cash or deposits at, wait for it, the Federal Reserve. That's right. So the banks are taking your money and giving it back to the Federal Reserve, which is printing the money. Are you seeing like how this is like a, a big circle? motion that they're doing here, pleasuring one another, because I'm seeing that. I'm seeing exactly how this is working. Uh, other people say that their securities uh, there are really on uh, credit, that when they take this money, they're loaning people out money. They're investing in securities, but mostly trying to make loans to the customers. They're trying to get a return on your own funds, which I mean, I can't. That's how banks work. I get that part. But at such a high percentage, 90%, this is a recipe for disaster because I'll explain why. This means at this point in time here in the United States, we completely run on debt. We're running about 90% on debt. Now, people might call that a misconception because debt is an important part of a global economy, and I get that. It allows people to finance their investments, do projects that normally you can't afford. People buy homes based upon 30-year mortgages that they wouldn't be able to afford based upon cash on hand. So it's important that we have some type of debt in order to finance your activities. But when 90% of bank money is being put back into a debt cycle, and then the people themselves 
themselves become even more in debt back to those banks. And then the government themselves is on the spot ready to default because they don't have enough dollar bills in order to pay the bills that are necessary to pay because we're $31.4 trillion into debt. I can tell you exactly the recipe that's brewing. Financial instability, an economic crisis unlike anything we've ever seen before in this country, as well as likely a loss of your civil liberties and likely a loss of our country if we do not start asking for some common sense measures to be put in place immediately. If we default on this debt June 1st, there's going to be horrible consequences for the United States but even worse consequences for the global economy, which is, I think, why BRICS is right now really crapping a brick, saying we better figure out how to get the one into play. Because if we start to default on our debt, a global financial crisis will happen and play out all over the world. Only those that are starting to put the parachutes in place, so when the plane starts going down, they can jump out and not hit the ground quite as hard. They're still going to hit hard. They don't have a good enough parachute. I promise you that. China can plan all they want. Russia can plan all they want. India, all these uh, countries with bricks, it's still going to have a huge market uh, turmoil. But imagine this. If investors no longer believe in the United States government's ability to repay its debts, that means that they're going to want to pay or demand higher interest rates to compensate for that increased risk, which means that's going to trickle down to you and I and everything that we want to purchase to the point where we cannot afford to live, period. That's exactly what will happen. There will be turmoil in the markets because this is going to cause a large sell-off in the market. Investors will rush to sell U.S. government bonds and other investments to get as much money out as possible. And so this will lead to an even furthering recession, which, by the way, is at 67% probability. I'm telling my listeners it's 99%. It will lead to a weaker dollar. The dollar is already the world's reserve currency. But if this happens and you want to go to a yuan, this could undermine its status as the world's reserve uh, currency. And I believe that China and, and Russia, they're all waiting for this all to happen at this point in time. And then we have to think about the geopolitical consequences on top of that. You know, what type of credibility do we have if we can't give Zelensky $500 billion to fund his uh, his Call of Duty campaign in Rachosk or whatever you want to call whatever, Kiev. <laughs> Basically, what I'm trying to tell everybody is uh, there is a horrible storm brewing because the Obama administration, by deeming things too big to fail, like some of these car dealerships, and for us putting all the faith into the banks, we are on one malicious circle. And that circle is coming to an end. And when it gets here, we're not even going to know what side is up. So I can tell you what I'm rooting for I'm rooting for the sun. I'm rooting for the sun to send a solar flare next week. Just knock out all the communications, knock out all the wired money. Let's, let's just reset everything. You want a great reset? That's a great reset I can get behind. I hope that doesn't happen, by the way. But I mean, actually, the likelihood of that happening is rising as well. Uh, but I hope it doesn't happen. But uh, we're in bad shape. We're in really, really uh, times where it's easier to talk about you know, Republicans do this or Democrats do that and ignore the fact that we are on the brink of a complete, complete collapse of our economy. 
like no one's ever seen. This this likely would make the the Great Depression look like uh, you know those were pretty good times for some people because the pain throughout the world is already pretty high on inflation, and this is only going to make things even worse. I'm going to try to get Mike Termot back on my show too. He used to be an economist for the White House. He's currently a, a libertarian candidate for president, but a very common sense guy. He gave me like this picture of like, hey, don't panic, Greg. Everything's going to be okay. Mike, I'm not feeling like everything's going to be okay right now. Um, matter of fact, the, the last thing I want to cover before we end, I, I alluded to it earlier. I, I talked weeks ago about in Paris, France, that Macron was trying to get rid of the, or not get rid of, but raise the age where people could get their pensions. And as a result, people were taken to the streets out in France, in Paris, France. Well, yesterday, there was a reported 2.3 million protesters that lit the police on fire. Let me repeat that. They set the police on fire. How is this not major headlines in every single newspaper throughout the world talking about what the people in Paris are doing. Meanwhile, we're being told we're going to run out of money in June 1st. (laughs) Don't worry, everybody. Go get your McDonald's. Don't worry, everybody. Go watch the next movie that's going to come out. Don't worry, everybody. (laughs) Nothing to see here. Uh Uh-uh. You know, it's... I'm out of words. I'm out of words because I don't understand why we're not paying attention to the stories that matter. And the only, I understand that the people that are listening to my show, you are paying attention to this stuff. You wouldn't be here with me each day if you weren't. That's not what I mean. What I mean is I, there's such a stronghold on the major media cycle that no one's paying attention to the fact that people are fighting against their government right now in a major country simply for changing the pension age by two years. So much so that they're willing to set people on fire. And we're not talking about like, oh, it was it was a small little crowd of people. 2.3 million protesters. Can you imagine if that starts happening here in the United States over the debt ceiling? If people start getting upset about things? I'm just telling you, there are tough days ahead. I'm not calling for that whatsoever. I want calm. I want some common sense things. But Republicans and Democrats, shame on you both. Figure this out right away. Figure out where we can start making the cuts. Where's the compromise in all this? Don't listen to Janet Yellen. There's got to be compromise because instead, all we're going to continue to do is ramp up more debt and enslave the people that are paying that debt, which is people like you and me. All right, everybody, that's all for today. Hope I've honored your time well. I'll be back tomorrow with a great interview for you all. Looking forward to having that one. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Real Greg Bolden. Give me a follow over there. Uh, engage in any conversations, stories that you're following. I love seeing what you're up to. My direct messages are always open for fans of the show. I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America.